You're listening to the voices behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Hannah, Georgie, Cassie, Mahika and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast... Hello and welcome to this episode of Women's Cricket Chat with me, Georgie and Alex. And we are joined today by South African superstar... Sinalo Jasta, all the way from South Africa. We figured out time differences. Luckily, not too difficult because you're not too far across the world. But it looks a lot warmer where you are because you're wearing a t-shirt and I'm rocking the thermal. Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. You are our first South African on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you guys are only two hours behind, so it's not that bad. And Cape Town is beautiful today. Really well, beautiful. aren't you lucky? It's just about got above naught degrees here. We're okay now. Um, and we're all on the countdown for Christmas. Today recording, what's the date today? The, what are we on? The 19th of December. And you should know that without looking at your watch, Sonalo, because <laughs> your birthday is three days. And we've just been through this one. So you do, you're pretending you don't know the date, but we know you do. Door is the art of illusion. It's the art yeah. of illusion. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Just to be relevant, I guess. <laughs> Well, God, we are getting old, aren't we? We've just, before we started recording this one, we were laughing through um, Gen Z, millennial. None of us can quite figure out what we are. And what do you refer to them as? In South Africa, we call the 2000s, 2Ks. Uh, so they literally do whatever they want. Um, we kind of the millennials. Uh, Alex, where do you think you fall under? See, because I'm born in 97, it's kind of like on the fringe of millennial slash Gen Z. Someone the other day said I was Gen Z. I've always thought I was millennial because it's like on the fringe, but who knows? I do also have to correct Georgie because you're not technically the first South African we've had on. We've had Natalie Germanos on, but you are the first South African player. Yes, I was going to say that one and then... Yeah, but you brought it up now, so it's okay. Apologies, Natalie. Nat is a um, legend. Oh, she is, isn't she? She's very good at what she does. But you must see quite a bit of her. She's around and about with everything that's going on in South African cricket. And just this week, we have had South African sort of World Cup Wednesday launch because everything is coming to South Africa next year. And you were part of that launch day on what was Wednesday, so five days ago now from here. So, because you've got the Under-19 World Cup coming up in January and then the Women's T20 World Cup in February. So let's kick it off. What was it like to be part of that? And how excited are you that South Africa is going to be hosting so much women's cricket in the next year? Oh, it's probably so exciting. I remember, like, I actually felt so jealous. I know I shouldn't. I should be, like, happy for the kids. But, like, when I was SA Under-19, they literally said, OK, go play a provincial team. But now they get an opportunity to actually introducing themselves to the world stage i mean how awesome is that like i mean i was even staying there like countries like rwanda uh when have you ever seen them play even in the women's space so for me i'm really excited for like just under 19 world cup i'm sure the kids are buzzing yeah and what does it mean for south africa to sort of be hosting the first one of that but then also the women's world cup you know just like two weeks later i'm really excited because it's something like it's part of history I mean, and, you know, just I actually met some of the under-19s last week and, like, they're so excited. You can just see, like, the nervousness. But I actually just said to them, let's just embrace it. Um, They've got nothing to lose. One, you've got the home support in your background and, you know, um, playing in the grounds that they're actually going to play in. Um, I used to play in Pochestrum as part of, like, my provincial setup. And uh, Benoni is where I played against Pakistan. So it's probably two of the best grounds for them and fast outfields. So they get value for their shots, honestly. And we all know that South Africa know how to put on a show and put on a World Cup because I've got memories of the Football World Cup of 2010. So it's obviously such a positive thing that you, you were able to host the 2010 FIFA World Cup and now you're getting two World Cups within the space of two weeks in 2023. So things are really looking up for South Africa and it's really putting you guys on the map. No, 100%. And if we actually go women's sport in general, there's a netball World Cup that we're hosting also in, <laughs> you understand? So it's like three World Cups in the space of like six, seven months. Um, and for women's sport, like we all know, like it's it's probably not as much as a men's sport. Uh, so for us, like to, beginning the year, like to begin the year off with like women's cricket and just introduce people to actually women playing cricket, because not everyone knows. I know my family was like, oh, you play cricket? Uh, when I actually started up. So Imagine that's my family. They've bought me cricket equipment for so long, but they still ask the question that there's a women's national team. And, you know, just hosting that a 19 from a school point of view, like school sports, it's not that big. And then you're coming to the women's setup. So everything is just lining up, if I want to put it that way. And you mentioned that your family still don't really know that much about cricket. So how did you fall into it in the first place then? 
Yeah, they're clueless. Absolute clueless. I w- actually took my brother to go watch uh, cricket with me last week, actually. Western Province, the Cape Town team, was playing against the Joburg team. And my brother was like, okay, so why are they clapping? And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, I actually started off by watching Test Match Cricket uh, when I used to like visit my grand when I was younger. And I remember my Kaintini running into ball and I'm like, I want to do that. Obviously, I wasn't blessed with bowling. That's why I'm a wicketkeeper. But... <laughs> I actually used to play hockey, so the hand-eye coordination helped a lot with my batting. And then um, wicket-keeping, we were really struggling with the wicket-keeper. Then the coach was like, do you want to try? I was like, mm-mm. Took a lot of convincing. I think six months or so, I was like, okay, fine. I'll take one for the team. So I have to give her credit. She's actually the assistant coach of the SN19 team, the same lady that gave me the wicket-keeping gloves. I mean, kudos to you. I couldn't do that many squats in a day. The test match was really tough. Oh, my God. Oh, no, that was really hectic. Well, we'll come back on to test matches later because that was an amazing moment last summer. We'll ignore the English rain because that's just what happens. So you got in, you played a lot of hockey. Do you find that that sort of transfers into your cricket as well? Oh, it definitely does. I enjoy like sweeping and everything. So that goes hand in hand with hockey. And obviously, like when coach used to tell me at the beginning, Jeffy, you must hit over the top. I was like, oh, so I'm targeting for top corner. Like in hockey, when you hit it, you target for top corner. Um, so I always use that analogy to just get me like to get cricket quicker because it wasn't like my first choice, honestly. But as I got to play it more, I actually found it really cool. Yeah, and just on that, because obviously you did play hockey and you now are a professional cricketer. Was it a tough decision to give up hockey and focus solely on the cricket or was it one that was sort of an easy decision in the end? For me, it was the toughest decision I've ever had to make because um, in 2016, everything was going together with the hockey, with the cricket. Uh, in the hockey, I was in the World Cup squad for the women's team, which I've never been a part of. It was always like SA under 21s, SA under 18s for hockey. And then I remember uh, my debut was in, uh, in October. And then in November, we went to Australia. While being in Australia, I get a phone call from the selectors from hockey saying, can you be part of the camp in December? So I literally landed. Two days later, I was in hockey uh, camp. Uh, yeah, I got injured two days later because my body was so fatigued. And I remember um, when we, the following year, we went to Bangladesh and um, the SA, our coach was like, at some point you have to choose. And I'm like, I don't want to. And, you know, I was, everything was going so well, like from the hockey perspective, from um, cricket perspective, everything was lining up. But then now they're like, dude, you have to choose because you can't go. Yes, it's two different seasons, but we need 100 percent. Either you go full on hockey or full on cricket. And I was like, OK, cool. I'll go cricket because at the end of the day, I, cricket was always professional. Hockey isn't professional still to, to this day. It's not professional. Everyone plays it for the love, if you want to put it that way. And that's not fair. Um, so I chose cricket because it was professional and I, I didn't actually want to work a nine to five and look at the rewards now. But that puts you in quite a small but very exciting group of people to be sort of dual internationals in a sport. So you've obviously got hockey and cricket. We've got the likes of Susie Bates, basketball and cricket, Elise Perry, football and cricket. So you're in some really good company there. So that's pretty cool and pretty exciting. You mentioned that hockey um, isn't professional and cricket is how has the development of women's cricket been in South Africa and like have you noticed obviously the increased professionalization and being able to actually like commit yourselves to it as a sport full-time you know when I entered the team I knew I didn't really know much about like the politics or really like I really just was there to play and when I found out through the likes of Minion and um, Danae was there they were like oh no there's professional I was like cool so I was like okay I want to go there and you know, just to see them do their job, because obviously I wasn't contracted at the time. And just to see them actually do like play cricket like every day for the whole year, that for me was exciting. I was like, OK, I want to be a part of that because it one, it takes a lot of weight off your shoulders to just focus solely on cricket. And, you know, Cricket South Africa, I will commend them. They make sure that you support it in any um if you ask. Obviously, they will make sure that they support you. And for them, they've been really brilliant in that. Yeah, like I look at like the USA women's football team, how they had to fight for equal pay. And I mean, that's probably a process that we'll go through. But for now, like Cricket South Africa are doing what they should do. Everything has its timing. And we've obviously seen the introduction, is it the WSL? Just this year, the women have been playing in that one. It's on. Is it on at the moment? Oh, no, it was a couple of days. It was just five days. But I mean, we got to see all like the different cricketers around the country because some of them, 
we don't play against. So just to see them and actually express themselves for one from a selection point of view and also from a competition point of view, it's really exciting to see because you need to be grounded in the sense of there is someone always knocking. You can't be complacent in the team. So I think for the coaching stuff, I think it was really exciting because you saw youngsters coming in, making 50s, getting crucial wickets. So even though it's not under 19s, but they were like literally just missed out on the World Cup and like they 20 because of the change dates. And, you know, just to see like um, Klenke, we call her Klenke. She's probably one of the gassiest bowlers for her age. And she's also an all-rounder. She scored like a brilliant 50. Um, just to see those players coming up for me is you're know, a breath of fresh air. And I guess they've had a lot of, you know, people they've been able to look up to while they're growing up, the likes of Dani Van Nierkirk, Marizan Kapp. But who did you look up to as a South African cricketer, perhaps, when you were first getting into it? As I said, my kind team, and then they gave me the gloves, so I had to literally change my whole perspective. I was like, okay, what does a wicketkeeper do? And then Trish, Chetty. And then I still remember the first time I met her, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I played it off nice. He's like, yeah, I'm JJ. Yeah, you know when you play it off, you like brush it off. But inside I'm like, and you know, like as like the years, like since making my debut and actually um, playing with her, like for me, I don't see myself as like competing with her because for me, I learned so much from her just from training together. Like sometimes she'll actually like critique me in such a way as like move your feet this way. Your hands will get faster if you move. So for me, she's been probably... One of the people I'll say she's really helped me in my growth in the sport. I'm also um, curious to know, as a wicketkeeper, did you take any inspiration from the legend that is A.B. de Villiers? Because obviously we know, fantastic player, but an even better wicketkeeper. So did you learn anything just by watching him on TV? Obviously. I remember like my first ever wicketkeeping gloves were the red ones, the red kookaburras. My mom was like, why red? I was like, A.B. has them. <laughs> it was a no-brainer. Like, till this day, like, God willing, like, I've just, Kukaburu must pull through, man, like, because those are my first gloves. So you've got the male legends there, and we mentioned some of the female ones. What's it like to play alongside people like Dani Van Nierkirk, Marizan Kapp, like the likes of Lizelle Lee? You've got some, you've had some amazing names in the South African setup over the last few years. So what's it like, and have you picked up things from them, and what's the kind of, what's the vibe in the South African side? I remember my debut very well. It was against New Zealand in Paul. And I remember, like, uh, Shibi wasn't there. But the likes of Dane, uh, Kapi, Ayabonga, Kaka was there. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, I must keep to them. Like, oh, don't mess it up. Mm -mm, you can't afford to. And I still, <laughs> like, obviously, I was still very young. My technique wasn't that greatest. But, like, you know, I got the job done. And Coach Hilton came to me afterwards. and was like, well done, Jeffy. I was like, yes. And I remember when Shibi just got back and I had to keep to her. I was like, oh, my God. And one advice that Dane always, like, gave me and, like, coach was, like, while we're training in the nets, take them to the, the middle so that you can get used to, like, where you exactly have to stand and what to expect. And if the bounce is coming, what are they going to say? And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fire. It's blitz. Mm-mm. Yeah, I wanted to ask that, actually, because obviously you keep to the likes of Kathy and Vanya Kirk. So what are some of the differences in keeping, what's it like sort of keeping to the spinner? And then what kind of goes through your head when you're keeping to a fast bowler and you've got to think about the bouncer and the short ball and, you know, all that stuff? Obviously, with the bounce, I'll always get indication before planting. I'm not telling anyone what we say, but there's always like you always know. So obviously now you must set yourself. I always tell myself, like, just be calm. Like every delivery in my head, I'm like, just be calm, just be calm. And obviously, like, I like keeping up to Mlaba. For her, like, uh, we speak a lot of, like, Vanak, so our home language. So I, I kind of know exactly what's coming. I know no one can pick it up uh, because no one speaks Tosa or Zulu. So for her, the, the, the communication is very well. And with Dane, we speak Afrikaans. So I speak three language, four languages. So, you know, with Dane, it's so tricky because you don't know whether she's going to drift it. Like, it's... Or she skids it off sometimes, same as Sune. And I literally love the challenge because the one thing Coach Hilton said to me, which I will probably keep for the rest of my career, is it doesn't matter what they bowl, just watch it out the hand. Same way as you'd bowl, you'll pick it up immediately. And um, I was really bad at the beginning to pick up, but like now it's improved. Um, but I mean, I, I improve every single day for every single tour. And do you find that something like that kind of advice sort of pays off in batting as well? 
Hundred uh, percent, because sometimes I, I, I'm guilty of this. Like all my uh, dismissals, international cricket. When when I go out, coach will look at me. I'm like, I know, because that's when I didn't watch it out the hand. Like I, I immediately know. I'm like, just watch it out the hand. And when I do watch it out the hand, I hit it. Then he's like, exactly. And I think it's just loss of concentration from my end. It's like I'll stay in it, stay in it, and just split second, and then I go out, and I'm like, ah, oh, I knew. So it's just the biggest frustration. And so you mentioned there international cricket. So let's bring it to your career there. What was it like to make your debut? And like, who gave you your cap? How did it feel to be walking out there for the first time making your debut for South Africa? My ODI cap I got from the selector, uh, Clinton Dupree. My T20 cap I got from Lazar. And my test cap, it was like a huge thing. It's a blur. Yeah, that test morning for me is a blur. I'll have to probably go back in archives in my head and realise. But I, yeah, I was nervous. And, you know, just that feeling of getting that cap, you know, like it's something that I can't compare to any other feeling. Can't sleep the night before ever. Till this day, it doesn't matter if it's like my debut or whatever. Like I really struggle to sleep always. Just the the nervousness and the excitement. Just on that test match, what was it like for you? Because obviously I think this was the first time South African women had played a test or maybe it's the first time in a long time. So there's a lot of debutantes and you're all, I think what was so special about it for the South African side anyway so that you were all sort of going through it together at the same time it, was, it felt like there was no judgments within the team so I think that's got to be something that's so nice as well you know we joked about it like saying oh how many debutants are we gonna have and we all knew it was a lot but I think it was only Marizan and Lazar the rest was just debutants and you know I remember like just when it was time to play Red Bull cricket everyone was like hmm What's my strike rate? Because they've always told us to like have like a high strike rate. And now you're like, okay, bad time. But I can't bet time without scoring. That was like my biggest thing. It was like, I can't just stay and not try something. And, you know, there's nothing perfect about test match cricket. It's all about, it's, it's literally test of your mind and your temperament. I get really OCD with like my angles and stuff. And I do get it wrong. But I can test. It's like, where do you put the angles? You have like slips, like 10 slips. And now who must be the rest of the field? It was like, but it's the beauty of it because I've watched Test Match Cricket like for years. I started off watching Test before I went to white ball cricket. But like once you're in it, like you don't understand how big of an occasion it is. And just to say I'm cap number 61 for me is something that I never thought was possible because women's cricket, they never shed light to Test Match Cricket in our country. And then I remember when coach planted the seed and everyone was like, Test, four days of cricket. <laughs> It's never me. You understand? Like, so it's just tapping your mind and making sure that you're ready for those four days because it's not easy at all. And having had a taste of the cherry, so to speak, of Test cricket, would you like to play more Test cricket? And would you like yes. it to come to South Africa as well? Yes, please. Like, I'd, for me, I think it's like where your game actually grows the most from a mindset and point of view, and also from a mental point of view because skill will always be there. But just being present for four days for me was the toughest thing. And I think it's, I love test cricket. I loved watching it and now I, I love playing it even more. I'd really love to play more of it year in, year out, because I think that's where cricket is made. And perhaps somewhere you don't have the rain, because that, I found that as a person watching exhausting and frustrating how was it managing sort of oh are we going on no and oh it's still peeing it down this is England how was it coping with that as a player and being like are we going back out are we not what's actually going to happen with this game why haven't we got five days I think for us we enjoyed the rain because we were in a slump and you know like it would be so exciting to play the full four but like for us we love the rain I'm not gonna lie but you also saw character from someone like Dumi for example who bats in the lower order she rumor has it, rumor has it, she's still out there. She's still batting. <laughs> she's still somewhere there. And, you know, like, we always tease her in the nets. We're like, ah, Brian, Laura. And, you know, like, because <laughs> she's got the dreadlocks. She's left-handed. Like, you know, it's inevitable. You know, like, just the confidence she got from that. Like, it's amazing what just one innings can do. And, you know, like, with the rain, like, I was, like, I, I did Sudoku often. Like, while I was waiting, I was like, well, I'm going to just tap my mind. Some were reading a book, but I was numbers. And, you know, like, what do you do for four days just waiting to bat? And now I don't know what to do. You read. Drink a lot of tea. Oh, I'm over tea. I haven't been able to have tea since I've been back. Oh, no. Oh, 
tea. The English drowned you in tea and now you can never drink it again. That's fantastic. And obviously the test match was a massive step for South African cricket, but the biggest step I would imagine would be to lift a world trophy. Um, South Africa, have they're sort of up there and always been there and there about, but never quite made that the final hurdles. We've obviously got the Women's World Cup T20 coming up in your home country in February. What would it mean to you to firstly make that team and be able to play in a World Cup in front of your home nation and to finally lift a trophy? You know, when it comes to like a selection point of view, nothing is ever guaranteed. You never know. But what I will tell you, lifting up that trophy, one, would be a footprint for all the young girls coming up. And lifting for us is, I think I said to someone in like last, no, this year, I'm already thinking 2023. I said, Coach Hilton has been with the team for how many years? Like since 2014. And, you know, he's come close on how many occasions. And if we won't do it for ourselves, surely this, this man deserves something. And I mean, the one thing he always tells us is just go out there and have fun and play fearless cricket. And, you know, it took me a long time to understand what he actually meant. And, how I play cricket now is like Sibo Hippo. If you go out, it must be a damn good delivery. And how the team has been is I haven't seen much of them as of late, just in the WSL. But you can see just the effort that the girls are putting in. Everyone really wants this. And obviously, we can't control any outcome. But we, what we can control is what we're doing every day to get closer to that goal. It would be brilliant to lift up the trophy, but we don't know. And obviously switching mindsets between the different formats. So you obviously played that test match in the summer and then the ODIs and stuff. And then you stayed in England to then progress on to the Commonwealth Games. So what was it like to play in the Commonwealth Games? And uh, what, what's your opinion on Birmingham? You know, if fatigue can ever like be a human form, it was I. By that point, like, you know, I was just literally just trusting my mental health, uh, which was still wobbly. Like, I'll, I'll touch on mental health now. And, you know, us as a team, the one thing we picked up is, like, if we stick together, then the journey is better. We weren't playing the greatest of cricket, but, I mean, we've been playing good cricket so up to that point. So, obviously, something's got to give. And, and the one thing I said afterwards, I think I said it to a friend when I came back, is, like, you have to go through those patches to, I like, to... To kind of make you wake up. I always use it as a wake-up call. It's like, we've been doing so well, boom, 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 boom. And then something hits the fan, you know. And for us as a team, it was really tough. Uh, it was really, really tough on us. And, you know, you could just see how much it meant to the girls because no one was okay with that performances. And we were really hard on ourselves. And, yeah, like, it was really tough. And, you know, playing the comm games, it's something that I've dreamed of, something I thought I'd be going for hockey for which is weird, but just being part of like that occasion, actually not being a momentum priority, but the team South Africa is something that we've all dreamed of. And just, you know, we knew that we're not alone. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing when we came back home, we got given time off, but I still felt that Commonwealth spirit within me, like that I was there, I was part of the Birmingham games and yeah, I can never get that memory out of my head and I don't want to. Do you think then that's something that the ICC and the administrators perhaps need to look at because we're seeing it, in women's football with the amount of injuries due to the congestion of fixtures. And we've seen also with England, in particular, Nat Siver having to take a break because of the scheduling. So is that something that perhaps should be looked at? You know, I took time off now uh, recently. Um, I'm sure we picked up. I don't post anything for three months. I just needed to reset. And, you know, not as much as taking fixtures away. I think just the awareness around mental health because the more cricket you play, the better. And you want to keep playing cricket. But I think us also as players, we have to be accountable for the fact of, I literally said I'm not okay. And that was okay because you have to stand up for it. We might say mental health is important, but we're not standing up for it. So, yeah, I don't know. They see I'm getting emotional now. You're totally allowed to. That's completely, there's a there's a safe space for all of those. But what do you do to sort of help yourself? Yeah, and you said you took time away, but what is it that helps you get back into a better space? You know, where I went or what I went through, because it was a whole process, is all my walls were completely broken. I think when I walked in there, I was broken. I was broken, broken, broken. And obviously I got tools to uh, just work at it and, you know, like, this is coming back. I only got back five days ago, six, seven. I don't know. I got back on the 8th, on the 8th, so 11 days ago. And the one thing that I can say has uh, been a success is like I, I refuse to show vulnerability before I went, like I went. 
and now I'm okay with it because it's a part of who I am. And, you know, like I thought I was like this uh, confident, but I was actually really arrogant and I had a very low self-esteem. And when I say this, this program broke me, they did. And, but they also broke me to build me up. Now, like there's this thing of whereby I can't go through anything on my self-will because self-will is the one that actually got me to deteriorate so fast. Whereas now there's something that's driving me and I'm not in control. And I think that's one thing, like I'm not in control. Um, and that's okay. And like now when I go back to cricket now, I'm actually having so much fun and I'm l- willing to listen. I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to go and break all barriers because I've got, I went through that and I know exactly what to do now going forward. And I mean, it was really tough, but I'm glad I went through it because I feel like everyone should do it. So cool. It breaks you to build you up. So what did you do to help sort of rediscover your your happiness and your thrive to play cricket while you took this time away? Like, where did you go? Who did you talk to? What did you get up to? Can't really much put anything to it for now. But what I did discover is that um, I went in there thinking that I'm God's gift to earth. Very arrogant, very self-centered, very selfish. And I I was really taken aback when they told me this thing because I was like, how can you say that to me? And actually when they started just explaining why then I was like okay cool I'm very arrogant I'm very self-centered and I actually got tools to counter that and you know it's been really tough but also reminding myself each and every day like I have to it's like a consistency thing it's like the same as going to the gym go for a run going into the nets the same way that you must exercise your mind the same amount of hours that as you do like any cricket skills or gymming or running it's exactly the same just working your brain and so you feel refreshed and ready to keep going again and you're back to enjoying it I actually lost the love for it before I went and I was like why am I doing this and you know now it's more like I'm no longer playing with a chip on my shoulder I'm playing just to have fun. I'm playing because I feel like I deserve to be there. Whereas now I was entitled. I was so entitled to be like, I should be there. But now I'm working for it. So if it does come, it's like, I've worked hard to get here. So it's more like a reward to myself. And, um, you know, I was very complacent, as I mentioned earlier. But I didn't see that. I was so dumb to the idea. But when I actually saw where I was also at fault, I was like, okay. Now let's get to work. Um, and I'm literally so keen and so excited. And that seemed, it seems like a very good time to be very excited because it is so much to be excited about now. And I can see it. They'll be able to see it now we record video, happy days, on this podcast. I, I can see that you're, you've got that sort of the spark back. You know, you can tell that someone's really passionate about what they're doing. So now you're back into it. What's next for you? What's the next step? When do you all get to sort of join back up with the South African teammates as it stands, we're joining on the 6th of 7th of Jan. But now, obviously, each one has got their separate um, from the trainer one. You're running in gym. And then, obviously, uh, net sessions, skills, because you're also spread out. So you kind of work with your franchise coaches till then. But I'm really keen because I haven't actually held a cricket ball and cricket bat or gloves since I've left. So I'm so keen. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And obviously, we know the 100 was launched last year and some of your South African counterparts, so like Chloe Tryon, Dono Vanikirk, Marazan Cap, they all got to play in the 100. Is that something that you perhaps like to play in? Because obviously, who can say we don't need more wicket keepers and to have them on the stump mic as well, please? You know, it's a funny question because I was thought like then, like to play in like these leagues, like I always felt inadequate because I was like, I'm not playing enough, so I'm not being seen enough. But like now it's like if the opportunity comes, I'm going to grab it because I mean, there's an IPL coming up and I'm like, whoa this is cool you know so I want to play my heart out and hopefully like they will knock on the door and I'm not gonna say no at all uh likes of the 100 I feel like it's a really cool uh, tournament I was actually speaking to my good friend Maya Bouger and I'm like it's so cool I'd really love to be a part of it and then she was like Jeff would you ever want to be a part I was like yeah so we've had those conversations um I'd really love to be a part of it because I feel like it's so cool and also like wicket keeping as you mentioned is such a specialist uh, position and for me it gives me like that motivation because you see like players like for me that I've looked up in the game is Trish Chetty and Lisa Heedy and you know for them for doing it for so long I want to like learn from them and like see how they did it and you just want to be like Shabs, who has won it back to back. You know, you've wicket kept for one of the fastest bowlers in the world at national level. 
the hundred would be easy, wouldn't it? And then also the likes of where I met Shabs this year was at Fairbreak. What about something like that? How much would you want to be part of something like Fairbreak? Where obviously I met Lesejo as well, and a few of the other South African girls were playing. Funny enough, Lesejo was nagging me to actually register as a player, like in the previous one. And I'm like, friend, I need a break because that was like straight after the World Cup, and I wasn't in a good nick to like to get out, like stay away with mental health. Like I was really not in a good nick this year at all, and. I said to her, when was it? Yesterday or the day before? Because we speak like literally every day. I said to a friend, I'm going to do it. She's like, yeah, do it. I was like, okay. And I mean, like, if you don't try, you never know. Because that's where like opportunities come in. Because look at the lovely lady from Zimbabwe, BBL contract now. You know, it's just opportunities like that. They're endless. So yeah, I'd literally love to play like the leagues around the world. Like you say, obviously you're quite close with my Abusha. How cool would it be to perhaps play in the 100, but also play in the regional setup in England and be coached by the legend that is Charlotte Edwards? You know what? I met Charlotte Edwards in 2016 January when England was here, and I remember just looking at her like, you know? <laughs> For me, she's brilliant. And, like, briefly, like, met her um, now when we were playing um, that warm-up three-day test game. She just said hi, and I was like, you know? <laughs> For me, like just watching her, like how she's worked with the Southern Braves and how they've been so consistent in the mm, two seasons of the 100 and also um, the Vipers, you know, like Maya has nothing but short of amazing things to say about her and how, I don't know, Charlotte Edwards is a brilliant coach. And, you know, like you see her and also the likes of Denisha Devner Ryan, the SC under 19, because she was a past player for the Momentum Proteas and, you know, Funny enough, I actually captained the side that she coached when we went to Bangladesh with the SAA side. And just learning from her as a captain for me was probably one of the biggest blessings because straight after that, I started scoring runs. And I'm like, hmm, okay. You know, like, it's just that woman magic, man. (laughs) There are some people who just have that ability to inspire. And, you know, when you found them, you really know it, don't you? You sort of get that continual wanting to push yourself more what does it mean to have a coach like that and how does how is your coach at South Africa pushing you coach Hilton has been really patient with me because um I was very indecisive in the beginning parts of my career because obviously it was hockey and cricket we were still very patient and then when I actually came back because I got dropped for two years I'm still okay I'm no longer holding that resentment but like I was like two years coach two years so my last game was like in February 2019 and I actually came back against Pakistan in, in 2019 six months later I signed a contract I was like oh and then funny enough he said to me in England um I actually approached him I was like coach what is the actual plan because obviously I wasn't playing as much as I'd like to and then he looked at me he's like Jeffy you're not actually patient and I'm like six years coach I've been patient for six years that's my arrogance coming out you know and you know one thing he has taught me in working with him for six years is just like he showed me what patience really is because he was patient with me when I wanted to do my own thing but every time I came back he opened he opened up his arms for me like he never judged me it was always like oh okay now you're back okay let's get to work and I've, I've been so inconsistent in that and I'll be the first one to like admit that I've been so in, inconsistent where but this man still stuck and still believed in me and with him he gave me the the artistry of just being humility it shows me a lot of humility and you know coach Denisha Denisha is very like um cutthroat I need you to journal everything that you do I need you like (laughs) and so it's like uh, opposite coaches but they actually like just get the job done what is like the number one thing you're focusing on now with your cricket you know is it the wicket keeping side is it maybe doing a bit more batting or is it just sort of rediscovering that love and letting it sort of flow into your cricket you know what I picked up in one of the warm-up games we had in England, I was fielding and coach was like, Jeffy, you can field. I was like, guys, I've always told you I can field. So for me, it's just being a whole, a whole rounded cricket player. From a batting point of view, I want to contribute to my team at crucial points, um, not just like a, it's expected. I want to contribute uh, with the bat, with keeping. But with keeping comes so many other things, like with the energy on the field. I want to be like probably one of the vibey, which I am, because I'm very loud um, behind the stumps. And I, I think for me now, it's where I'm at is just to give back to the young ones. I've always been passionate about giving back. And yeah, I've got the greatest platform to do it. And, you know, just be mindful for the fact that 
other kids are looking up to you and what I took for granted, they will hold it with both hands and be like so grateful for. So you're discovering everything that you love about the game and rediscovering your form and um, you're in a good space mentally on it. We can't ignore that South Africa is not necessarily a rut that they've been in, but you haven't, as a team, haven't quite had the performances or results that you might have hoped for perhaps and that the team we can all see has the potential for. So what is the plan and how are South Africa looking to combat that and then potentially come away with all those big wins that they've been on the edge of for so long? In hockey, we always used to have this uh, saying, big match temperature, like temperament, you don't have BMT, bro. Like, you know, like I've lost so many finals in hockey, I can't even like <laughs> But when you do win one, it's the sweetest victory ever. And, you know, I think where we add as a team now, it's to just focus on what we can not what we can control, but focus on what we're good at and just like consistently work on it. We know like everyone is like, this team's got such like potential, all world-class players like Laura Volfort, Marizan Cap, Shibs, Sunei Lise, Ayabonga Kaka. Like, I mean, those are the players that can change the game at any given point. And, you know, like the one thing I'm big on is just partnerships, partnerships in bowling, partnerships in batting. That's one thing that Coach Hilton has echoed like for years, just partnerships because you never know what that one partnership will do. Whether you bowl as, as a pair, you might not get a wicket one end, but the pressure is applied for that next person to get a wicket. So, yeah, I just think it's a lot of teamwork that needs to be in play, even for those that don't play on the starting 11. Just that body presence and that body language. Yeah, it takes a team to win championships. And I always remember one of the most memorable women's cricket games for me was that 2017 World Cup semi-final South Africa, England. Where did you watch that from? And were you behind a pillow like I was? Oh, I was very young then. I was at a bar. And then when we lost, whoa. I had tears in my eyes, but I was still vibes. I was vibes. And did that sort of inspire you to keep going and push for that space? Or were you still sort of thinking hockey at the time? No, I was past hockey, but it was more like, how do I get back into this team? Because I just recently been dropped. So now for me, it was like, how do I get back? And, you know, it took me a long time, but it was worth the journey. I feel like this current South Africa side is what I like to call the transitional period. So it's very reminiscent of the England men's team in 2015, where, you know, they went to the World Cup, they got knocked out by Bangladesh, and then about three months later, they're absolutely, like, boshing it everywhere. So I feel like perhaps for the South African women's team, it hasn't been helped, you know. Lizelle Lee is retired, so how do you feel that spot? She's got such a vast wealth of experience and knowledge to get. How do you replace someone like that? And, you know, not having Marazan Cap for the Commonwealth Games couldn't have helped either. We we respect and we appreciate her decision, obviously, family issues, which we won't go into. So it's it's not like South Africa, perhaps, have had a full-strength team at all times during these comps. Yeah, I think over the last two, three, two seasons, we've never really had, like, everyone all grouped together. Like, I know Danae has been out of the game for a while internationally. You know, just for the likes of her coming back, I'd re- really, I'm really excited to see her coming back. And, you know, she played in the WSL and she got a rock over 50. But, like, you know, it's, like, players like that that just get you more excited and, like, you're like, okay, this is going, this is going. And, you know, for us, when Lazar retired, as much as like the world was saying, oh, cool, because she's a brilliant cricket player, world class. I got the pleasure to playing with her in our provincial setup in Northwest. And, you know, her, yo, she's so authoritative. Like when she's there, you know, if you literally miss your delivery just by this much, she'll pounce on it. And, you know, when she retired, obviously, like we were all like, why but like it actually gives an opportunity for another person i always think of it that way like look at tasman brits um coming in yes uh you might like criticize her and whatever but for me she's she's absolutely world-class she's been dominating the provincial setup for years you know like there's so much potential and a kabosh coming in also a powerhouse you know so it's players like coming through the ranks that yeah you might say one players retire but it's also an opportunity and I mean with Minxie retiring now okay that I took that I was like wow also it gives um, another opportunity to another youngster to just pick up their hand it seems like a very exciting time basically for South African cricket you've got so much going on domestically you've got two world cups coming up will you be getting to watch any of the under 19s and have your eye on be like oh 
God, she's going to be pushing my place. She's going to be pushing. She's really good ahead of everything that is coming over the next few years. Okay, I'll be honest. I haven't been really much of a detective, but now that you give me an idea, I'm going to go there with my binoculars. Who's here? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I hope we get a chance because I know there's plans going forth. I'm not sure what's happening, but I know they want us to play in January. So I don't know. It might just uh, overlap. So hopefully they can actually get us as a team to go. Yeah. So you were saying about hopefully being able to get to see some of the under-19s, but you might be playing? We might. We're not sure yet. So we'll see. You're going to be out there with a fresh new pair. You're going to get a pair of binoculars for your birthday. And just be yeah, I'm gonna get like a you actually inspire me because I was planning to wear contacts for the series, but maybe now I'll get back around frames. No pressure because I, I, I don't know, I, I don't like contacts. I've been trying, maybe I'll I, think there's, I think there's a real swag about being able to go out to bat or wicket keep in glasses. I'm thinking about it because the thing is, I also have like that thing to hold it at the back. So, have you seen Notting Hill? No. Oh my God, there's a bit in Notting Hill in the film where he's lost his glasses so he has to wear his prescription ski goggles. So maybe you can <laughs> rock those like behind the stumps, just like... And then I'll say then the stump, like, Georgie, this is for you, bruh. Yeah, it's just on, on the stump, Georgie, that hate you. I can't believe I'm actually doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been over cricket and what everything. So aside from that, what other stuff have you got coming up? Like, what's the Christmas plans, birthday plans, just to, you know get a bit away from cricket for now or is it kind of like you're into it now you're back here you're on form again you're feeling good and you're ready to get going i'll still go to the gym and run and stuff but i actually one thing that i've always wanted to do is visit the orphanage and the children's hospital so maybe i can spend my birthday with them for a little few hours I always wanted to do that. yeah um, i really want to do it and like you know like obviously i started my own foundation and everything so it's crazy. Okay, you're going to have to talk us through like, uh, where, the idea, where the idea of the foundation came from, like what you're looking to do with that and how you're using your role as an international cricketer okay. to sort of boost this, because this is amazing. Yeah, so basically, it's an analogy of the foundation. I launched it in August, actually, when I just got back from the Com Games. And what we do is we give sports bras to younger girls because everyone, like, I'm, I'm actually a director for a menstruation foundation where we put vending machines for sanitary pads in high school schools around um, South Africa and we actually have one in Botswana or Lesotho both actually and I'm part of that but then I was like but there has to be more and then I remember like just seeing kids running into ball like with their arms in front of like their breasts and everything and I'm like that's what we that's actually what we don't think about like just sports bras um in young communities because one sports bras are expensive they're really really expensive and um you know what our foundation does is like just to give to young girls coming up in the sport and also educate them around cricket because i feel like there's more to give especially in like the rural areas of south africa it's really tough there a lot of stuff so yeah we're just trying to set up to start that properly and then after world cup we, we have an exciting partnership building up so yeah i was saying just so watch this space <laughs> honestly it's so important that we remove the stigma around these topics like as a woman as a female you're gonna get a period you're gonna need pads you're gonna need you're gonna need education on female health in the body still at my age it's kind of like i don't know everything about feminine health and i think by you going to the rural areas in south africa you're doing a great thing not just about sports bars but yeah you're educating people not even just women just people in general men men need to be educated on this topic as well so you're doing an absolutely brilliant thing thank you thank you and I think it's about removing that stigma of it as well, because it is completely natural. This is what happens. And this is how what we do to manage it and to get on with our lives as we want to. And like running into bowl with the wrong sports bra is not only like inconvenient for your bowling, it's uncomfortable. And like it's not good for your health in the long term. And then girls, you get so many girls come out with back problems. You're bowling already, which is enough of a strain on your back. The last thing you need is something else that can be controlled to impact it as well so it really is that is an incredible thing and we will keep an eye on everything you're up to with the foundation that seems like a really lovely place to sort of round up today's chat and we want i just before we move on from that bit can you tell us where anyone can find more information about the foundation have you got a site are there social medias that are yeah, we do have you can go and have a look at and we'll we will share yeah it's basically www.sj10foundation.co.za um everything you need is there okay we will get that shared out because this is something that I feel really passionately about and I'm very excited to hear about. So we always like to round off our podcast with some sort of quick fire 
more fun questions. And one we like to always kick off with is what's your favourite item at a traditional English cricket tea or a South African cricket tea if they're a bit different? Like what's your favourite cricket item? Exactly. So people, so like cricket tea is basically (laughs) why loads of men play cricket still in England, I'm pretty sure, because in between innings you have tea and so you have... They have sandwiches, pork pies, scotch eggs, cake. Do Is you it have- equivalent to a braai? I guess maybe. Do you have a braai as part of your cricket tea? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you- when you're watching cricket, you braai. Yeah, maybe you just, it's, maybe it's not the same thing. Like Australians, they have what, like lamingtons and, you know, because I would say something like my favourite food item at a cricket tea, but like an egg sandwich. Okay, from the test match, what I really enjoyed was the sandwiches during tea break. Oh, and did you have, there's that famous pudding that they have at Taunton, like bananas and... Oh, that's so sick with the, um, um, oh man, that was brilliant. Banana, um, yogurt and um, honey, I think. Yes, that's the thing that everyone bangs on about at Taunton. That's the best thing ever. Favourite sledge, either you said as a wicketkeeper or someone said to you when you're batting. Oh, let's get a duck on debut. It does happen though. Rachel Preez. It still lives in me. Where's the favourite place you've ever played cricket? I'll say Essex, where I was now in England. Oh, yeah, because you were born in East London? I've never played international cricket there. Ah, well, there you go. But I'll say, like, now in England. Yeah, now in England, in Essex. If there was somewhere you could play, where would you like to? Like, one Lords. Yeah, okay, well, that was an easy one. Lords. Lords do really good food as well. Favourite musician or artist? Calvin Momo. He's a South African, like, deep house guy. Probably brought out the best album last week. If there was someone that you could stump, who do you want it to be? Perry. Oh, that was easy, wasn't it? And if there was someone you could hit for six? Perry! I was going to say Eccleston, but I did that. Well, that's fine then. You tick. You've got to go for the second one on the list. You're just ticking them off as you go. World Cup, you'd be like, tick, 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 tick. Send them all flying. <laughs> I'm going to do like a pre-workout before I go into bed. Like, ah! Yeah. Go to karaoke song. I don't karaoke because baby girl can't sing. I'll go with Eminem, Lose Yourself. Okay, that's, that's a banger. Fair. That's a, that's I'll a banger. give you that. That's, yeah, you can have that. A yeah. lot of people just say ABBA. What's ABBA? Oh, my God. Have you not seen Mamma Mia? I don't like it. Fair. If you weren't a cricketer, what would you want to do? Psychology. Life coach, psychology, some of them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I really want to do it. Life coaching first and then. That's cool. We had Izzy Wong wanted to be a weather girl when she was younger. Oh, wow. Izzy. <laughs> yeah, a bit different. But yeah. I can't think what other ones we've had. There's there's always some weird ones. Best friend in the South African cricket team. Ayabonga Kaka. She is fantastic. I love her. She is. We've been playing together since I was 14. Because we both played for like the East London team. Because that's where we grew up. That's really cool. I don't know why we haven't touched on that more. How long were you in London for? East London. Yeah. East. Oh, sorry. London. East London. How long, where were you, how long were you in East London? For five years. Because obviously I was in high school there. I was in boarding school. Funniest moment you've had in cricket. Wait, elaborate. I'm very... I need Has anything funny ever happened like on the pitch or off the pitch? Like we've seen people dive and their trousers come down. That's always a funny one. Funny would have to be whenever... Like I'm around whenever I'm keeping and it's my Sabata class behind me and lefty. The it's the best time ever. I laugh literally every ball. Like I don't know, it's it's the best. And also like when class will bowl, like if she gets plummeted for six, she'll be like, like in our language is like, hi, I'm not bowling well today. Like it's 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 hectic. Oh, it's funny. And then after the over, like that interaction is like, show me what's going on. She's like, Mm-mm, not today. Like you know, yeah. It's just acceptance. She's accepted her fate. She's like, Mm-mm, not today. Nope. Who's got the best and who's got the worst fashion sense in the South African team? The best is Lefty. The worst? Mm-mm. Yo, you're throwing shade now. The best has to be Lefty. Uh, the worst. You see this question. This other make or break a relationship here or friendship. We can leave that one open if you want. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Who is the team DJ? Shibs Guppy. Yeah, they always play because they've got like the play. Oh, and Chloe. And who has the best dance moves? Myself, Lefty, Dumi. Yeah, three. Alex, you got any more questions to round up? Yeah, Sonalo, this has been one of the most eye-opening and just incredible chats. It's been so, so fab to talk to you about, like, not just cricket, but the foundation. That's amazing to hear about. We'll definitely be sharing more on that and hopefully be able to spread the story of what amazing, incredible stuff you're doing there. But also, it's 
so nice to hear you talk so openly about the mental health side of things because that is something that is so important in life, not just in sport, to be able to, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved is something I like to say. And to have someone who is playing cricket at an international level and be that inspiration for young boys and girls that it is okay to talk is also incredible. And thank you for sharing that story with us. We've absolutely loved having you on today. We've had ups, we've had downs, we've had giggles, and it's been one of the most enjoyable chats I've had in a very long time. Thank you so, so much for joining us. It's been absolutely incredible. Thank you for having me, guys. We love a big heart. And before you go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on the social medias? Mine is very simple. Sonalo Jafta 10 on everything. TikTok, if you TikTok. Ooh. But you uh, are a Gen Z, aren't you? No, 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 no. I'm a millennial. I'm not a 2K. Let's get that right. I just want to be relevant. So basically, it's just my name, Sonalo Jafta 10 on everything. Well, fabulous. I'm sure our followers will get in touch. I'm going to go and check out this TikTok. I want to see these the three best dancers in the South African team. You've got to be on there now. Shabs has been on TikTok. Chloe Tryon loves the TikTok. So mm. I'll dance for you guys. I've got a few saved on draft, so I'm going to drop them like this, like once yeah. upon a time. We might have to get you to do some content in, uh, for the World Cup. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Anything, come to me. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, obviously send any other South Africans that want to talk with us, send them in our direction. Um, and funny enough, Natalie and I had this thing in the last World Cup in New Zealand who came, who came up with the best joke. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you remember the Indian game where we needed that three of one ball. And then I had a note I took out to the field. I made a mistake. I had two. I had my jokes one here and the one from coach and I accidentally gave <laughs> but I ended up telling her and I remember coming off and then Lazar was like let me see what's here and the camera was following me so I gave Lazar and Lazar just started laughing and handing it around the team yeah what was <laughs> the joke in February March but April May nice bet that's really funny that you gave her the wrong one that's fantastic like we see all these notes flying around and actually yours was just a joke I don't think they're ever going to trust me again those notes I missed that one up bad oh that's fab i think you have to link up another one for the next world cup okay i got you no net and i have a plan interesting well we will watch this space and see what happens thank you so much for chatting to us today it's been absolutely fab and you are a ray of sunshine bye i love you guys bye and to all our listeners if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing you can follow us on twitter at w cricket chat on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at Hannity1194, at GeorgiaHeath27, at Cassie Coombs98, at Mehika Barshney, and I'm at Alex Jane Ferreira. This has been the Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time. Go, 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 go,